Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. Two o'clock on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? I got a computer that's just frozen like a block of ice right now. So What is going on here? I understand you've got some Coyotes news to pass along. Why don't you do that while you can figure out what's going on with this? We're breaking this. We broke the story just a few minutes ago. The Coyotes have traded defenseman Dyson Mayo uh, to the uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. So the Coyotes trade Dyson Mayo to the Vegas Golden Knights. They get back a 2023 fifth round draft choice and they also acquired the contract of defenseman Shea Weber in the deal. So they move Mayo they get a 2023 fifth round draft choice back because you know that Bill Armstrong, he loves his draft picks. He loves him some draft picks He loves he? his draft picks. Indeed so he, got, he got himself another draft pick. They take on that contract of Shea Weber because obviously they have the cap space to do it um, and they, they trade Dyson Mayo Alright. Yeah Sorry, I... I well, that was it. I, <laughs> that it. Campbell's like, I got some breaking coyotes. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I got a computer. We'll do that. Working here, yeah. So let's do that. Let's open the show with no, that. No, Weber had one of those, you know, crazy contracts and everything. So they take that on and uh, it helps them. You know, it helps, it helps uh, Vegas get off of it and it helps the coyotes too. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's... Uh, and we, of course, are always... The trade deadline in the NHL is March 3rd. So we're expecting something maybe to happen with Jacob Chikrin at some point, right? Potentially. Yeah, and if they don't, and again, if they don't, they could always trade him in the summer. So that's, you know, but I do expect that they're going to trade him. I think that they'll get the asking price of two first-round picks and another player because there's just too much interest in him. Uh, Teams like the Kings, the Sabres, there's a lot of teams that would like to get him. Okay. That is uh, the news that's falling right in front of our feet right now. Gambo's continuing to work on the details of that. In the meantime, we've got a coaching staff to tell you about when it comes to the Arizona Cardinals. Let's weigh in on our top story of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. All right, Nick Rollis is holding his initial press conference right now, Gambo. He's the new defensive coordinator of the Arizona Cardinals. Um, We will have sound from this as it comes down because it just started. We're not carrying it live, obviously. I I will tell you this right now. Uh, Jonathan Gannon at the press conference a moment ago said that Nick Rollis will call the defense. He will call the plays. Jonathan Nick Rollis will call the defense. Nick Rollis will call the wow. defense. Wow. Okay. Gonna be. I'm just gonna be a head coach. Yeah. I'm gonna help him, but he's gonna call the I, defense. I'm, honestly, I'm a little mm. bit surprised. I'm a little that, uh, bit surprised. Twenty nine year old is calling the defense, or that Gannon is giving up the responsibility, um, or both. both, both, both. Probably a little bit more that Gannon is giving up the responsibility because most head coaches, it feels like that's something they kind of hold on to, kind of tight, right? right. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. So we'll have the sound from this coming down in a little bit, and we'll react to it. But that's obviously the big news right there is that Gannon said Nick Rallis will call the defense, and we'll see what he does in that regard. In the meantime, lots of coaching news from the Arizona Cardinals. 
None of it has been made official yet, Gamba, but we got names, names and names and names galore in terms of guys who are being associated with this job. I, I uh, To the point where I saw our friends over at PHNX Sports even created like a flow chart of how this is going so far. These are the names who have been affiliated with the Diamondbacks so far, or with the Cardinals, I should say. Gannon, obviously the head coach. Rollis, the defensive coordinator. Drew Petzing, the offensive coordinator. Yesterday, we told you about Drew Terrell, passing game coordinator, Clayton Adams, offensive line coach, Israel Woolfork, quarterbacks coach. Today, you can add five more names to the list. Ben Steele, tight ends coach. William Piegler, former Florida tight ends coach, who is leaving Florida along with Patrick Tony, who's their defensive coordinator. Is it not great to be a Florida Gator? Apparently it is when two of them are leaving for the Cardinals. It's not today, right? And they're all leaving you. Ashton Grant is an offensive quality control coach for the Browns who is leaving. And then there was one that just came down a little bit ago, a Northwestern coach who is leaving Northwestern to join the Arizona Cardinals. A lot going on when it comes to the coaching search. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is what we expected. Put together the staff, put it together quickly, start with the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, get those two guys in place, and then fill out your staff, round out your staff. Very, very young staff, but it was interesting because Gannon said, kind of like a hint, he hinted about experience is on the way, You know, which makes you think that they're yeah. probably on the verge of getting themselves a, a veteran old-timer that can be a sounding board for Gannon and the other coaches. We've talked about Mike Zimmer, but there could be others. We don't know who it's going to be, but he did hint at the the experience that could come on this coaching staff, and I would imagine sometime sometime quickly. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because um, that was part of that Peter King story that uh, came out over the weekend. Quote, I'm going to have some guys with major, major experience worked into the staff because I value that too. Gannon told Peter King. Now, you mentioned Mike Zimmer. The story I looked at from CardsWire.com also speculated that longtime NFL offensive line coach Mike Munchak might be a possibility as well. He was the head coach of the Titans when Gannon was on his staff as a defensive quality control coach. So there's a connection there with a veteran. You know, he's currently not employed in the NFL, so he is available. Um, those are two, Zimmer, Munchak, those are two guys that have been mentioned. Um, it, it's, it's clear looking at this staff so far, it's young, it's experienced to a certain extent, but maybe not as much. The, the Ben Steele, the tight ends coach, he's been around for a while. 15 years of coaching experience, nine in the NFL. I don't know if that's the veteran presence that Gannon was referring to. Probably not. I wouldn't think so, no, right? No, because I think, I think you're looking for somebody that's going to be in a higher position than that. A higher position of, you know, that's somebody that's working under the coordinators. I would think that it's somebody that would work directly with the coordinator and the head coach himself. I mean, that's why, like, every time we talked about Mike Zimmer, it's a guy that's a head coach. It's a guy you learn from. That's a mentor. Somebody good. You've got a very young staff. Somebody you could kick things around, bounce ideas off. Somebody that's in that room that may be able to say, hey, you know what? That's really not the right approach. Look, the Cardinals did it with Sean Kugler, right? 
they kind of gave they kind of made him up offensive line coach and then but he was really in charge of the running game he really was in charge of that running game and they made him an assistant coach and they kind of bumped that title up and you know he wasn't Mike Zimmer but it was a veteran guy that you know that could be a sounding board and and could and somebody who could say no to Cliff somebody could say that's not the way you should do it you should do it this way yeah and you know what and I'd forgotten all about that because the way everything allegedly went sideways with Kugler at the end how that all shakes itself out we'll see but in in the beginning it, when Kugler was first brought on board that's exactly what he was there for all right we've got to, and that's in part what Vance Joseph was there for too right like I I I, I I understand the need to create your own staff, but I do think it's very important for Jonathan Gannon to have somebody on the staff who has kind of been there and done that before, right? Who's got a little... Now, I didn't want to keep Vance Joseph, and I'm glad they didn't keep Vance Joseph. And and word is, he's got a second interview with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, saw that. And it'll be kind of funny to see if he and Jonathan Gannon essentially kind of flip spots, right? Um, but I do think... While I didn't want to see Vance come back, that it is important for this team to add, quite frankly, somebody who's been a head coach before in this league. It, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of intriguing young coaching talent on the Cardinals, but there isn't that one guy in the room who's like, "Yep, I've been there, done it. I've been a head coach in this league. I understand. I can help. Let me let me guide. Let me navigate. Let me help you kind of understand the situation and best ways to deal with it." I think this team could really use somebody Benefit. like that on the yeah. staff. We talked about Bruce Arians, how Bruce Arians had uh, Tom Moore with him. Just had him just there. He was just there, just walking around. He was just there. If you, if I had a question, you had an idea if you wanted to bounce off. Just somebody like that. Bruce Arians had his guy. Mm-hmm. And Cliff, in a way, had his guy. And I would imagine that Gannon would want somebody as well. I'm sure he's got all the confidence in the world. But I would expect that he's he's got somebody in mind that could be a sounding board for him, a sounding board for other coaches, and just a kind of checks and balances type of things when you're making decisions. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, so we'll keep an eye on this, of course. All of these names, none of them have been confirmed so far. There have just been a variety of reports out there that have kind of flown around as, you know, this. Oh, and the other name, by the way, Northwestern cornerbacks coach Ryan Smith is taking the same job with the Arizona. On the Cardinals, according to Jeremy Fowler, he's the fifth name that I didn't mention earlier. It's all it's all just unique. I wasn't expecting this. I wasn't expecting the dip into the college ranks. I wasn't expecting the dip into Florida and taking a couple of their coaches. You know, I'm sure Gannon's got coaching connections and things like that. Not that it's a bad thing necessarily, but I wasn't expecting like going to Northwestern and getting their cornerbacks coach, going to Florida and getting their defensive coordinator, right? I figured it'd be mostly NFL, NFL guys, guys with yeah. NFL experience. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. It's just a thing. It's just something that kind of took me by surprise a yeah. little bit. I think the most fascinating thing to come out of it is that Rallis is going to he's going to call the defense. Yes. Rallis is going to he is going to call the defense. And we will have much more about that a little later on in the show. As I mentioned, the press conference is just kind of now getting underway, and we'll have all the sound from it, and we'll kind of package it, and we'll talk about it and react it. But that's the big news so far coming out of this. Nick Rollis will call the defense, according to Jonathan Gannon. Very, very interesting. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Kevin Durant, we've got the very latest when it comes to when we might see him then we also have to ask the question does he have more to gain or lose joining the phoenix suns that's next burns and gambo burns and gambo afternoons on arizona sports the local sports leader
Back here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Things have settled down a little bit. Technology can be a wonderful thing until it's not. But everything's okay now. Um, before we get into uh, this fascinating conversation that happened on FS1 yesterday about Kevin Durant, let's update everybody on the latest about Kevin Durant. It's presumed that he's going to play on Friday against Oklahoma City. ESPN picked it up on national TV. And if not then, certainly Sunday against Milwaukee again in another nationally televised game. Brian Windhorst on the NBA Today says that Friday is looking unlikely for Kevin Durant's debut. Friday's game on ESPN against the Thunder, I'm not sure that's when we're going to see Durant make his son's debut. Uh, he hasn't played in six weeks, and I know he said over the weekend at Salt Lake City in the All-Star uh, festivities that his knee was feeling good, but there is a, a, a desire for Durant to get a five-on-five live contact workout tomorrow in Phoenix and then see how his knee reacts to that um, before you know proceeding to you know being active. Activated. Now, neither Durant nor the Suns are ruling out Friday's game, but I think the you know within within Durant's camp and within the team, there's an expectation that Sunday's game in Milwaukee, which is a Saturday afternoon ABC showcase game, or next week they play in Charlotte as part of a long road trip, uh, could be more likely than Friday against the Thunder. Now, we will have James Jones, the general manager, on the show at 3.30 today. So I expect then we'll get a really good update on Kevin Durant. I'm sure you'll hear the word ramp up because when guys have been injured and out a while, the Suns are very big on a ramp up. We talked about that with Devin Booker. They want to get the five on five. They want to work you a little bit before they bring you back. So there's not a rush to get Kevin Durant back, even with you know, 22, 23 games left in the season. They just want to make sure that he comes back and he's right. So they'll probably be, it could be working on that ramp up right now, but I expect we'll get some clarity at 3.30 when James is on yeah, with us. So again, those are kind of our options right now. It's Friday, it's Sunday, it might even be Wednesday based off of what Windhorse said. We'll see, and yeah, I'm glad you promoted that James is going to be on the show. Hopefully, we get some clarity with that. Alright, on FS1 yesterday, uh, left to right on your TV screen, Emmanuel, LaShawn McCoy, Emmanuel Acho, Joy Taylor, and Rick Buecher were having a conversation on Fox Sports 1, and I know this conversation kind of struck a chord with you a little little bit because the conversation was basically does Kevin Durant have more to lose or gain during his time with the Phoenix Suns is there anything in particular that stood out about that conversation or you just want to play some cuts and we'll react I to it I just thought that I mean it, that it was a conversation that was a conversation he has, does he have more to lose or gain and you're talking about a guy that's going to be a first battle ballot Hall of Fame, one of the greatest players that's ever played the game. He's already got championship rings, multiple ones. He's got an MVP. He's got everything. Now, if he takes the Phoenix Suns and he gets him over the hump and wins a championship, he adds to that legacy. But I don't know that he does anything to tarnish his legacy or hurt his legacy, but it was an interesting conversation this that they is had. Emmanuel Acho asking the question, does KD have more to lose or gain? I believe that Kevin Durant has significantly more to lose than gain by going to Phoenix. And it's real simple for me. When we think about Kevin Durant, we don't question his talent. We don't question his ability. We don't question his status as one of the greatest of all time. When we think about Kevin Durant, we question what Charles Barkley said, what Shaquille O'Neal said more subtly on social media just three weeks ago. Is Kevin Durant a bus driver or is he along for the ride? Hmm. Never really thought of Kevin Durant like that before. Uh, I mean, 
look, they won the one in Golden State without him, and then they won another one without him, and they won two with him, and a lot of people thought he was a tag-along. I'm just going to tag-along. I'm going to go join a team. So that's the NBA today. A lot of great players join other great players to try to win a championship. He's got two rings. I don't... It was an interesting conversation. I wasn't really sure how I felt about it. Does he have more to... Now, if we had to answer the question, does he have more to lose or more to gain, I think he has more to gain. I agree. And I think the reason why is because you're coming to an organization that's been around since the 60s and never won a championship. Mm-hmm. They were in the NBA Finals at a 2 nothing lead. They blew it. They got beat by Dallas last year. If There's more to gain. I think his legacy grows. I don't think he gets hurt if the Suns don't win. It's like, hey, went there at 34 years old. He tried to get him over the hump. They weren't able to win it. But he's got... He, it, it doesn't diminish what he's done already till this point. But I think what's more to gain is I think that if he comes here to Phoenix and wins one, it's different than going to win one with Golden State. This organization has never won a championship. If he gets them over the hump, I think he's going to get a lot of credit for that. So I say more to gain. LaShawn McCoy called it a lose-lose situation for Kevin Durant. It's a lose-lose. Wherever Kevin Durant goes, it's a lose-lose. And the problem is he's so great. That's the issue. The issue is that Kevin Durant is so great no matter where he goes, it's a lose lose for him. How? Okay. Make it sense. Talk, so, Charles Barkley, who I love Charles Barkley. Matter of fact, Shaquille O'Neal, you, talk, you brought mm-hmm. up, at the Super Bowl, I interviewed him with I Am Athlete, yep. and he talked about how, you know, Kevin got to go out there and do it on his own. And I'm like, Shaq, what player now does that? Nobody does, does it on their own. Everybody's building a team. If it's if it's two stars or three stars, you got to build it together. Mm. You can't win a championship with just you. Here's Some days Rick, are over with. Here's Rick Buecher. I don't see him <laughs> suffering whether he had stayed in Brooklyn or wherever he is. He's a two-time champion. And Simmons? Four-time scoring champion. He has nothing to lose going to Phoenix because we don't really know what KD is looking to gain. Why is he going to Phoenix? You started it with yesterday. Well, he's, he wants to win. That's why he has to leave Brooklyn. First of all, he was winning in Brooklyn. When he and Kyrie were on the floor together, they were winning at, what, what they won, nine, 19 and 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could win. If he really wanted to win, though, he would have never left the Golden State Warriors. Okay. You know, you don't, you, nobody ever knows why, you know, the situation. He helped the Warriors in many ways with, you know, with the way he went out. He could have went out a different way and they wouldn't have got anything. Um, so I, I think in some ways he won his two championships there and he wanted to go create his own path somewhere else. And he tried it with the Nets. And if he would have brought the Nets a championship... Um, you know, that would have, and he did, he tried, he stayed there for four years. It wasn't like he was with the Nets for one year and he bolted. He stayed for like four years, wasn't able to do it. They were never healthy. They were never on the court. So when they were on the court together, what they said, a record was 19 and two. Yeah. Yeah. They were really good. Remember he had his toe on the line against Milwaukee. If he doesn't have his toe on the line, that's a three point and not a two. They probably win that series. and might win the NBA championship. Potentially. potentially yeah. I mean, that was like that toe on the line, two point or not three. Like that was huge. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean. It's everybody's their own. Like he's leaving and going for for different reasons. He has his own reasons. Now, I don't know that he's ring chasing. I think he's just looking to go to be happy. I think that Kevin Durant ultimately just wants to go somewhere where he's happy. I, 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 and I think that's an interesting way of putting it. Now, why he left Golden State? That uh, that honestly, I don't know the answer to that question. That that's an inch. I'm going to chew on that one a little bit. Why did he leave Golden State? And what was it about that situation? Had it just kind of run its course with Draymond? Did he just feel like that he was never going to get the credit he felt like? I, I'm not sure. I know this. I know why he left Brooklyn. He left 
left Brooklyn because Kyrie asked for a trade. And with no Kyrie, there's no point staying there. You're, you're not going to achieve your goal. I do think, I've been thinking about this this whole time now, I think he's got something to gain and I think he's got something to lose. I think he's got more to gain than he does to lose. I think if he comes here and they don't win a championship, there will be some questions about him and, man, he tried the super team thing with the Nets and it failed. He tried the super team thing with the Suns and it failed. Like, he's failed more often at the super team thing than he's won. I I think that'll be a little bit of a mark against him, but I think he's got more to gain for the exact reason that you just said. The Phoenix Suns are one of the all-time winningest organizations in the history of the NBA. It's not like he joined a team that already won a ring a year ago, like he did with Golden State. This is a team that's begging for a championship for 50-plus years. If he can be the guy to get them over there, he will be the bus driver. He won't just be a passenger. He'll get the most credit. He'll be the guy who drove... Because this team, two years ago, they didn't have enough to win it. Last year, despite the 64 wins, they didn't have enough to win it. They needed help. They needed help. And if Kevin Durant comes here and becomes the guy who gets them to the promised land, I assure you, he will not be a passenger on the bus. He's the guy driving that bus. He's the difference. He's the thing that was here now that wasn't here two years ago. He'll get all the credit in the world for that if they win a championship. He's got he's got something to lose, but I think he's got more to gain than he does Listen, to lose. Listen, I mean, you, you ever rent one of those um, you know, uh, two-person bicycles where two people have a steering wheel and everything? <laughs> you know, you know, why yes. can't two people drive the bus? I mean, why does it have to be one person drives the bus? I mean, I was like, I've never listened to that. I mean, why can't two people have, you know, be driving the bus? You know, just only one? Everybody else is a passenger? No, go get on one of those bikes, and you got two steering wheels, well, and two people could drive. And I'll give LaShawn McCoy credit. I think that was the point he was trying to make. You know, the days of of a superstar saying, I'm the guy, hop on, I'll take you to the promised land. Those days are kind of gone. You need help. Everybody needs help. Yeah, how many guys tried that? Carmelone. Charles Barkley, mm-hmm. Patrick Ewing, mm-hmm. Chris Paul. Like, how many guys have tried that? Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. Bernard King. Hop on my back. I'll take you to the No, you, you can't do it by yourself. Think about all the years LeBron tried by himself and couldn't. And then the years that LeBron tried and he had a Kyrie next to him or a Kevin Love next to him or a Shaq Anthony didn't Davis win in Orlando. Yeah, Shaq didn't win in Orlando. Yeah, with Kobe and he won. Kobe next to him and he did D Wade next to him, right? I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's so it's to, to LaShawn McCoy's point, the days of one superstar in the NBA saying, I'm good enough to be the bus driver. I'll get you there. Eh, it really worked that Guys way. Guys took a lot of pride in that in the past. Now, not so much because they know it's a, it's a hard way to win. Yeah. Just announced Guns N' Roses heading to Chase Field on October 11th. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair now by texting the word ROSES to 620-620. Again, that's ROSES to 620-620. Welcome to the jungle, Guns N' Roses fans. Defensive coordinator Nick Rollis spoke today, and despite other offers, he emphasized why he said yes to the Arizona Cardinals. You'll hear next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter Poll, presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, we got Eric here with us. He's got today's Twitter Poll question of the day. Spring it on us, Rubes. What do you got today? Well, we are not sure if Friday will be the debut of Kevin Durant in a Suns uniform, but we do know he is on the Phoenix Suns. So, for the remainder of the regular season, who will lead Phoenix in scoring? Will it be Kevin Durant, or is it good old trusty Devin Booker? <laughs> KD. Um, we're talking about like a point per game average yeah. from here on out. Points per game. It'll be Kevin Durant. 
It'll be Kevin Durant. Total points, though? You may be thinking both. Oh, no, no, no. It doesn't matter. Points per game is fine. I, I just was wondering, like, how many games is Book going to miss? How many games is KD going to miss? How many, you know, that sort of thing. But let's go points per game, and I think it's Kevin Durant. Yeah. This one is a close one, but leading the way at 53.1%. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Devin Booker, people think, will be the leading scorer for the Suns for the remainder of the regular season. 46.9% say Kevin Durant. Pretty good, but you can add Kevin Durant, and he can maybe not be your top scorer. I'm going to write in Josh Okogie. I, I think he is going to lead the team in scoring. You love Josh Okogie. <laughs> Dario's my, gone. You're a Josh Okogie guy. He's my new Dario Sharich. Yeah, I was just. He, we need him to say, "Hey, Dave." Hi, Dave. <laughs> hey, Dave. <it's> Josh. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we can arrange that. If you missed Windhorst earlier, um, he had mentioned on NBA Today that uh, there's some thought now that it might not be Friday as the debut for Kevin Durant against Oklahoma City, and maybe. Maybe might not even be Sunday against Milwaukee. That could be even as late as next Wednesday, March first against Charlotte. We'll see. It just depends right. on. And again, we got Josh Jones coming. Or uh, uh, Josh Jones. Josh Jones. Yeah. Gotta talk some my brain, Cardinals football my right brain here. Is fried see, right now it, because the computer wasn't logged over. Was not right when the show started. He's been off. I've been off. He's been off. Yep. He just called James Jones. Josh Jones, and he called the, the Cardinals. The, the Diamondbacks earlier. Called yeah. the Cardinals. The Diamondbacks. Yeah. We're only thirty-four minutes into the show. Yeah, I know. And he's already called the Cardinals, the Diamondbacks, and James Jones, Josh Jones. I'm expecting to see the boss come around the corner any day now. Any minute. You know, so I have never felt like an older, crustier piece of toast than I do right now. Remember what Bernsey said, like, the last day before a vacation? Remember we talked about that last week? Like, you never give your best effort the last day before a vacation? It's the senioritis effect, Remember you talked about that last week? Are you working tomorrow? No, I'm not. You working Friday? No, I'm not. You working Monday? No, I'm not. No, you're not. Okay. There you go. That's your answer right there, folks. Oh, so you say I, I'm blaming it on the computer when it's no, actually you're saying, me? No, you're, say, you're saying that. Yeah. You are. You're saying uh, all I've, that. I've said you're that. You're the one who's basically said the people, the last day before vacation, you don't get a person's best. Yeah, you're just over there. Job. Blah, 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 blah. You, you want me to leave? I mean, might as well. I mean, <laughs> can't be any worse. I'll I mean, it's the same I'll try thing. To step up my game, see what I can do. Yeah. Let's see if I can be better. Just say goodnight, everybody. Uh, I'll take over. Nick Morales, he took over today, the defensive coordinator job. He was introduced at a press conference at 2 o'clock. Now, tomorrow, it's going to be Petsing's turn. Drew Petsing, the new offensive coordinator. Let's get this one out of the way right off the top here. Jonathan Gannon, the new coach of the Arizona Cardinals, with a question included. Calling of the defense is that Nick's deal, or are you gonna are you gonna do something? Did I say he was calling the defense? Well, I, I don't know. I thought maybe maybe I said that I'll get to that when we get to it. Nick will call the defense. Nick will call the defense. Apparently, Nick will call the defense. Nick will call the defense. That was a little testy right yeah, that there. Was an interesting exchange. Wasn't let it? me let me hear that again. Let uh, me hear that, that again. That was a that was a curious little calling of the defense. Is that Nick's? Deal, or are you gonna are you gonna do something? Did I say he was calling the defense? Well, I, I don't know. I thought maybe maybe I said that I'll get to that when we get to it. Nick will call the defense. I wow. guess I must stutter. Do I stutter? 
<laughs> I'll get to it. I said I'll get to it. I say that I'll get to it. I get to I'm it. I'm hoping he said it with a smile on his Man. face. Man, I, I think it was. Very I nice. think it was a joke. I was the one who cut the audio, and I think he had mentioned a couple questions before that, like Nick's going to run the defense, and I think that's what that question was based off of. So I think he was messing with them. Okay. I think it was in good fun. We don't, we don't want to go start uh, something where there's yeah. not something to start. It was just it was an it was an interesting way to answer the question. Uh, but apparently Nick Rollis will call the defense for the Arizona Cardinals. Let's hear from Rollis himself today, the 29-year-old defensive coordinator for the Cardinals. Why this job? There's a lot of reasons that I chose this organization. Um, one of them is the guy sitting right next to me right now. You know, obviously, I, I have belief in him as a person, as a coach, as a guy that will help me out as a, a coordinator because he was just in my shoes, and obviously, I got to witness work with him. But also, you know, and I also just kind of want to thank Michael Bidwell, Monty Austin Fort. You know, I, I feel like this is a great thing here, and, and we're going to build a organi- uh, winning organization. And I wanted to be a part of that. I wanted to contribute how, you know, however I can as a coordinator to get us to achieving those goals that JG and, and Monty ultimately set for this organization. He's never called plays before. He's never called ba- plays. He was the quality control coach and assistant linebacker coach from 2018 to 20 with the Vikings. Went to Philly in 21 to coach linebackers in Gannon's defense. But he's not a guy that's Rallis is not called the defensive plays. He's going to call the defensive plays now. I mean, let's hope that he's all that in a bag of chips because, um, you know, first time. First time. I mean, it's a, it's a very young staff. There is some experience, but it is a very young staff. But that was something we were... Now, would you prefer that it was Gannon calling the place? I mean, I think I would have felt more comfortable. I think I would have felt more comfortable initially if he had done it, yeah. Now, they say that he's a uh, he's his right arm, a left arm, whatever the phrase is, right? I mean, that the... Right-hand man. Right-hand man. They work very close together, and that they they, have this, they share the same brain, and what he's thinking, I'm thinking, and all of that stuff. I get that. But I think a lot of us... Look, Gannon was the defensive coordinator for a defense that had 70-something sacks and did a lot of good things. I think we would have probably felt a little bit more comfortable if it was Gannon calling it instead of Rallis. But he's going he's gonna to entrust Rallis to do it. Remember that word violence that Jonathan Gannon used a week ago to yeah. describe one of his kind of four pillars of coaching success? One of the four. That word came up today, again, from Nick Rallis. There's a lot of players that... Uh play extremely hard, fly around. You know, one that comes to mind, obviously, Buddha. Buddha sets the standard on how you play this game. It is violent. It is high motor 24-7. And I'm just picking one guy out. There's all, guy, there's all kinds of guys on this defense that play to that standard. And we're going to continue to demand to push that even further. Adaptable, violent, explosive, and smart. Those were the Those four, were the four pillars. pillars, if you will, of Jonathan Gannon. And it is interesting. We talked yesterday about how many times the this new regime with the organization has brought up Kyler. Yeah. Boy, they kind of lean on Buddha the same way, don't they? Of course they do. You know, like, yeah. like oh, hey, Buddha, Buddha, the standard is Buddha. The the example is Buddha. The guy we want to live up to is Buddha. That that has been a very common yeah. theme for this new regime. The good thing for, for Nick Rallis is there's really nowhere to go but up. Because, like, 28th and third down defense. They gave up the second most points per game in the NFL. They were 29th in red zone defense. They were 31st in goal-to-goal defense. Like, they were atrocious, okay? The Arizona Cardinals' defensive numbers were atrocious. Can't do much worse. 
Like, you can't do much worse. Like, so, um, little improvements here. Like, eventually, you want to have a top 10 defense and a top 10 offense. That's what your goal is. You know, your goal is to get there. And uh, there's a long way to go for this defense. But, again, you're at the bottom in many major categories. As far as his youth, um, Rollis said it's flattering to be here at such a young age. It is flattering. It is very cool. And... I would say this, like, I would not be here if I did not come across certain people throughout my entire life, right? And so it goes back to my childhood of, you know, obviously I had um, great parents growing up, and and they put me in, in positions where, you know, whether it was school, sports, anything like that, you know, I was, I was given the opportunities to really figure out what I love to do in, in life, and ultimately, you know, I was led to football. One wow. other note. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Please react. No, my parents put me in the mob. <laughs> the difference. <laughs> and that somehow led to being a talk thing. show host? It, it's, it is one of the most my unique parents. stories maybe in the history of the Is that why it only me. took three months on a weekend show to get a drive time gig? Uh, just feel like I was robbed, deprived of stuff as a kid growing up. Well, maybe I should leave. No, I'm just teasing, but I think you've more than made up for it. You think so? Uh, yeah, I think you're fine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're okay. I think you've more than whatever atrocities Sonny, you might have suffered job. in childhood. I think you're doing okay. I think Say hello to right. Mr. Castellano. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hi, sir. Uh, one other note from this press conference, and I don't know if there's a soundbite to this, but I'm just looking on social media from those who were there. Uh, Jonathan Gannon did say that there's at least a couple of other assistant coaches from the staff last Last season that he does want to retain. He didn't name names though. So we know from the Cardinals from the Cardinal staff. Wow. So like okay. we know Jeff Rogers is going to be back. Yeah, that's already been announced. Coach. Okay. Um, Tyler Drake, same thing. Sounds like there will be a couple of more holdovers from the Cardinals previous coaching staff, but names were not named. So we don't know who they are. Okay, fascinating. Yeah, so obviously interview those are. guys and see if any of those guys fit. The special teams coach, not a, like that's not a total shock, right? It's almost like you know, kickers and punters are off on their own little island. They don't practice by themselves and everything. Special teams coach is more involved, obviously, with punt return and kick return, all of that stuff. And um, but you know, this guy's done a good job, and he's survived like three different. He's on his third Cardinals coach, the yeah. special teams coach Rogers. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You'll never miss any of our shows, never. even ones like today, where clearly one of us has one foot out the door. It's the Burns and Gambo oh. Show, brought to you by Carol Royce. Your, me. He's talking about either. <laughs> your home sold, guaranteed realty. Get a higher price selling your home. Get guaranteed offers. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Will you be able to watch the Diamondbacks games on your TV this year? Gambo's got some info you might want to hear next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here on the Burns and Gambo Show, Diamondback season right around the corner, about a month away, and yet a story that certainly impacts everybody. And, and you know, Derek Hall joked about it yesterday during Newsmakers Week. Of course, we want you to listen to as many Diamondbacks games as you can here on Arizona Sports, the Arizona Sports app. We're not going to cut off our nose to spite our face on this one, right? Like, it's we want you to listen, but at the same time, we also understand that when you're at home and you want to watch the game, you're going to put the game on TV, Bally yeah. Sports Arizona, and watch Bert and watch Bob and watch the crew bring you Diamondbacks baseball. It's an interesting kind of situation going into the season. Bally Sports, not just Bally Sports Arizona, but other regional sports networks affiliated with Bally Sports, they're 
potentially likely going to be bankrupt in a month. Yeah. And it's, it's given rise to this question of how exactly are we going to be able to watch Diamondbacks baseball if such a thing happens? Yeah, there's there's a bunch of different scenarios. They're negotiating every single day. I took a deep dive into this last night, spent a lot of hours on it. The Diamondbacks are going to end up being a creditor. There's 14 major league teams that run on Bally Sports. Bally Sports broadcasts 14 major league baseball teams. If, if Bally's goes bankrupt, up, then those teams will be creditors. But there are, you know, right now there are other creditors like Fidelity Insurance, I believe, is a creditor because they have, you know, they uh, they put in for, you know, some of the debt. It's, uh, it costs like $10 billion to put this whole deal together. $9 billion of it was borrowed money. But yeah, there are 14 major league teams affected by this. Right now, they cannot pay the debt services payment. That's the debt holders. So now you've got March 15th. That's a big day. That's when a default can be declared. But they may declare bankruptcy before then. Let me give you the doomsday scenario. Okay, let's go. Let's start from the bottom. <laughs> let's go. Okay, let's, let's go right to the bad news. The worst. The, the worst thing that can happen. This is the worst, and this is a possibility. This is the absolute worst yes. thing that can happen. You're not going to get to watch ba- Diamondback baseball on TV. The ba- if Bally's goes bankrupt, and a lot of times when a company goes bankrupt, they still operate. You know, they're just you know kind of consult. You know, trying to restructure, but they still operate. If they go bankrupt, but then the Decide that they're not willing to spend the money on the games. Now, part of going bankrupt is they're not going to pay the rights fees to these teams. Now, like the Coyotes have been paid their rights fees. The Suns have been paid their rights fees because that season started in 2022. But the Diamondbacks haven't been paid their rights fees yet. And neither have any of the other 14 Major League Baseball teams. So they may not be able to pay their rights fees. But let me get to the point here. If Valleys goes bankrupt and they're not willing to spend the amount of money to broadcast the game, it's about 50000 a game. To broadcast it. That's what the cost is. Cost them about $50,000 to put a game on. If they're not willing to spend that money, this now, now Major League Baseball would sue. They would basically say breach of contract. But the courts might not be able to decide that in days. That might take 30 days, 40 days to sort everything out. And if that's the case, there will be no games on television until the court works it out. That's the worst case scenario. That's what they're trying to avoid. But the court's not going to decide in one day what happens. MLB would absolutely sue. And then these teams would you know, be out of the contract. But it would take some time to figure out how everything's going to work. Now that, uh, and again, I, I want to reiterate this for the sake of of accuracy. That is not necessarily the expected outcome. That's the worst possible that scenario. Is, yeah, okay. and they're looking at all the scenarios. What's best case? What's worst case? That is the worst case scenario, that there might not be games on television if they decide to go bankrupt and then decide that they don't want to pay the costs associated with broadcasting a game. Now, yesterday, and Mitch, I don't know if you can find the cut on short notice, the one from Derek Hall when he was on Newsmakers Week about um, the situation with Bally Sports Arizona. I want you to hear it from the president and CEO of the Dimex. You have it for me? They will definitely be able to watch it. You know, the beauty uh, was the commissioner coming out about a week ago from his press conference here, media conference mm-hmm. here in Arizona, and he said these games will be televised. If, if uh, Diamond goes away, and hopefully they don't, Valley Sports hopefully is still up and running, um, and people are used to seeing us on Valley. If not, baseball has said they would come in for those 14 teams, or 18 if you even look at others that are in a similar position, they would produce the games and make sure they're on. My guess is, from what I heard, it would be on MLB Network. So people will still have a 
chance to watch these games. And, of course, you can always listen to our flagship right here. Now, that yeah. scenario, uh, Rob Manfred, the, 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 the commissioner of baseball in the press conference that Derek Hall was referring to was about a week and a half ago. He suggested streaming potentially as an op- option. As an option digital you know, is where venues, the, digital right? is kind of where it's good. We talked about how they lost, cables lost 30 million subscribers. Well, a lot of those people are baseball fans. They just don't want to pay for the big packages anymore. They'd, they'd prefer to buy, a lot of people are just buying in samples, right? I'll buy Netflix and I'll buy, I'll buy a baseball package because I like baseball. Or I'll buy a football package because I like football. What Derek is talking about is that MLB buys back all the rights and puts the games not only on the MLB network, but on other channels. They would need other channels. That's a scenario. MLB buys back the rights. They put the game on the MLB network and other channels. A more likely scenario could be a hybrid. And the hybrid is where Bally's keeps some of the properties, not all 14 of them. They might keep four or five, and MLB takes over the others because that would alleviate some of the financial stress. Uh, But an issue is that you need a willing seller. Right now, MLB believes it's worth X amount of dollars, but Sinclair thinks it's worth Y. So right now, they're worlds apart, and there's a lot of doubt that that gap will be bridged. But a hybrid philosophy would be MLB is going to carry, take some of the teams, and Sinclair slash Bally's will still keep some of the teams. Do you remember? Do you remember um, two years ago when we were doing all those shows from your house in the middle of the pandemic, and sports were slowly starting to come back, and Major League Baseball they were having their negotiations between the players and the it was and, and the owners, and it was brutal. It was awful. But at the end of the day, no matter how frustrating it got, I think we always knew that they would be so crazy to not play baseball and in the middle of that pandemic that we knew a deadline eventually would yield a decision, right? And a deadline eventually would yield an agreement. I feel the same way about this. I, I mean, I really think that everybody here knows these games have to be televised. Everybody here knows it's got to get done. I'm not going to worry about it not happening until literally it's the 12th hour. Until it's the very, like, like the night before the season starts and they don't have an, that's the first day I'll go, oh man, I wonder if we're going to be able to watch these games on TV. I just think there's way, way too much at stake, not just for the Diamondbacks, but basically half of baseball, for Major League Baseball not to somehow, some way concoct a method in which their fans can watch their games. The only thing I with that, just can't see it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. The only thing with that, that was players and owners fighting amongst each other in, a, in an industry with a lot of money, okay? They were eating each other alive, okay? They were fighting for every dollar. This is a company... That is in tremendous debt. Tremendous debt. They can't pay the debt service payments right now. I, I they get missed that. the de- and they might not be able to pay the rights fees to the teams. Mm-hmm. And that's where the bankruptcy comes in. At that point, it's like, hey, we'd love to put these games on, but we we can't afford to put the games on. Yeah. We're bleeding money left and right. No, I, I completely understand that. I just i i have I have faith it'll all work out. And somehow, some way, they'll figure it out. I just do. I, I think the situation like this, there's just too much at stake. I'm, I'm not going to buy into the doomsday scenario until we're at the eleventh hour. I'm, I'm not either. I'm just saying that that is uh, uh, that is a real option. It's an op. It's the worst case scenario, but that's an option because it's fi- it's costs about fifty thousand dollars. Most of it goes to Todd Walsh, but it costs about fifty thousand dollars to put on a baseball game. <laughs> And, you know, 
Poor Jody Jackson right now is driving around like, what about me? <laughs> my chop liver over here? Come on. Jody's reasonable, you know? Um, well, it's because it takes a lot to keep Todd's garage up. Because Todd's garage, first of all, is a money pit. Everybody knows it. Yes. Plus, Todd, you know, all those residual checks he's getting from Can't Buy Me Love. Yeah, if you want a movie has, star to be on your broadcast, you've got to pay. That's you know, the you want a true movie yeah. star yeah. to be on your broadcast, it costs a lot of money. Jody so, needed to be in Can't Buy Me Love when she was 14 years old, and then she and could be making the same money. money Todd was 100,000 to broadcast the D back game. That's a problem. So I'm looking at those three options. The bankruptcy is the worst one if they can't do the games. Uh, You also have the MLB's ability to buy back all the rights and then put the game on MLB Network and other channels. And then a hybrid version where Bally's keeps some games and MLB takes over the others. Now, none of this has been is out there. This is just information I was able to gather by, you know, by working last night on some calls. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on this Wednesday, the NBA predictions. Technically, they're one of the favorites out west, but if you check one national source, they're not. That's coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show.